make sure that uh, that program doesn't contain controversial subjects and uh, you're not impolite to people. No, definitely not, Dad. You know me. I'm never, <laughs> ever controversial or yeah, impolite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Welcome to Conversations with your lovable, never pisses anyone off, ex-Muslim host, Ina. Keeping it non-controversial. Welcome to panel 10. We're going to be discussing alt-right women and their total shock at discovering that their men in the alt-right are total sexist douchebags. I've got YouTuber and badass PhD Christy Winters and snarky tweeter SJW bitch and physics grad student Olive, or as you may know her, at Coherent States with me here today. So it should be fun. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. It's an absolute pleasure. I'm so happy to be here and talking to you both for the first time. Yeah. It's different from like Twitter to have like real conversations with people that you talk to, right? It's I nice. know, finally. Yeah. So more than two hundred and eighty characters. I know. I know. <laughs> it's good for me. I'm so wordy, it's ridiculous. Did you say horny? Said wordy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, whatever floats your boat. Yeah. 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 You, know. you know, this is not that kind of conversation, but, you know, if, if it makes you horny, that's fine. Oh, God. Oh. That's your kink. That's all right. No one's judging you. <laughs> Probably the, the, the least likely topic to do that. So, yeah. I was looking for who I could talk to about this because I just found it so hilarious how like Lauren Southern was making videos explaining herself saying, you know, I'm not married because I'm only 22. So what if I, you know, spout these like ultra conservative and trad life talking points all the time and make fun of women for being single and feminist and wanting careers. And, but now it's about me. Well, look, look, I'm only 22. I can't get married all of a sudden. Like, yeah. And then Tara McCarthy was, like, tweeting stuff. On December 3rd, she tweeted that men in the alt-right are going to have to decide whether they will continue to passively or actively endorse this behavior or speak out against it. If you want more women speaking publicly about ethno-nationalism, I guess you choose the latter. Um, I didn't see many alt-right men speaking out against alt-right women <laughs> being harassed on Twitter. I mean, the only person I saw kind of talk about it was the golden one. So right. there were a few people, um, from what I recall, the people that I've seen speak out against it were, oddly enough, Black Pigeon Speaks, a.k.a. Women Destroy Nations Slash Civilizations and Other <laughs> Uncomfortable Truths Guy, as well as Millennial Woes, um, who, generally speaking, has some of the most horribly reactionary views about women in society and of course the golden one who made a video called the woman question where he talked about <laughs> <laughs> i know it's just so ridiculous where how he talks about well it's like um, the jews are on one side and then they're the women so you need different questions you know exactly you need a groups. question for every group that you don't like so, right but then i saw andrew anglin of daily stormer post this like you know style guide of how to write for his website right so right saw that he it posted how even when you blame women you have to ultimately blame the jews so exactly people get upset mm -hmm. when there's too many enemies they get disheartened so you can't blame multiple things everything also all, always has to end back with the jews so right. when you blame women make sure you blame jew feminism Exactly, exactly, because their thinking is so reductive and simple and stupid that they have to always have one ultimate scapegoat because even then, a multitude of scapegoats is just too much for them to possibly conceive. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, come on, these, these guys, these guys are, you know, lacking nuance. This scene doesn't treat women well? I mean, how shocking is that? My first reaction was actually, initially, like, the first reaction I had to their complaints was one of empathy. 
was like, yeah, yeah it exactly. really sucks I being a woman way. online. It does suck. It Absolutely. Really I have I to like, say, though, to that. Uh, my first reaction was, LOL. Um, I wasn't as empathetic, yeah, but that then, was my next reaction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, I think that was pretty natural. Like, sure, you know, eventually I felt like, yeah, of course, we all have been saying this and feeling this for a long time. It really does suck to be a woman online and you do get unfairly disproportionately <laughs> attacked. But you kind of signed up for it. You participated in it by saying that women aren't good for careers, they're good for making babies and things like that. And then now you're not making babies, of course you're going to get attacked. And it's so funny because of that video of Lauren Southern where she's explaining why she's still single. A lot of her reasoning and arguments are basically some of the same arguments that, you know, sort of feminists would use. Yeah. So, that's why it was such a strange and trippy video to watch this Lauren Southern so <laughs> Why creepy. I'm Not Married video. I'll link it in the show notes for anyone listening. But Right. And it's funny because I'm an, you know, I think we can all agree here. I'm an intersectional feminist and I think everyone else here is as well. I mean, these are the I same arguments that I would use to justify why women don't want to marry young. Of course, she has to use the word degenerate there and say, yeah. Oh, <laughs> generalities are still true and that's why I still push generalities even though they still throw me under the bus somehow it's just it was kind of a, a weird mess of cognitive dissonance right and even Tara McCarthy she said oh my gosh she said the problem I'm stating here is not that there are trolls on the internet but that the people who proclaim to be on our side are trying to tear down women in our in-group. If you can't see why this is dysfunctional, I can't help you. And then goes on to say, guys, I'm not saying I can't take any trolling or harassment on the internet. Obviously, I can. I've probably had more of it than most of you will see in a lifetime, and I'm still here, not going anywhere. I'm not stating the above solely for my personal benefit. So it's like she's trying to appease the trolls at the same time. It's not like I can't take it, like... Because obviously, then you're going to call me a snowflake SJW. You can't possibly be called that, of course. <laughs> I'm sorry, in the marriage video, if I could just, yeah, I was a bit struck oh, yeah. on the fact that she's like, you know, it's just that she wants to be able to get an education and then get a job and a career where she can get equal pay for equal work and make some money and establish herself financially independently without a man. And also have access to contraception so she can control the timing and number of children she has. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that, you know, she's somehow not into women's being totally subservient to men and being baby machines. You know, she's just not ready to be that yet. And it's just like, yeah, it's like, so basically what you want is you want white supremacist feminism for you. Right. You know? Yeah, that's exactly what you make fun of feminists advocating for the same stuff and she's been so upset by people who are saying oh you know don't have kids or whatever but she doesn't have kids <laughs> so mm -hmm. you know she's not she's contributing to the white genocide <laughs> as far that as i'm is. concerned well that's where this all sort of goes so shortly after she made that video people on the internet discovered that she had two ex-boyfriends who happened to be not white yeah were, you know they they weren't white basically <gasps> and people oh my goodness how dare she and yeah. it's so funny because of course then the harassment intensified to the point that you know all of these pepe avatars and these um sort of far-right twitter personalities um did something that i'm very familiar with which is called thought patrol and it's when bigger sort of small-time far-right accounts sort of retweet you or, like, post pictures of you, and a whole swarm of them come and call you, you know, fat, ugly, retarded, you know, Oh, so bearing fans. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> analogous. Analogous. Yeah. Um, and, of course, she was experiencing that now, too. And it's so funny because now, after that happened, which is it's terrible, and I don't want to give these people any energy, but this is why it's sort of relevant in this case, after that happened, she was then blaming it on leftists who were posing as right-wingers to discredit her. And <laughs> it's so funny because even the, the sort of far-right Twitter accounts that were doing this and were sort of controlling this were all laughing at her because of it. 
because no, this is legitimately the way that they are. I, I don't think she understands that uh, you know, she, she's not only part of a white supremacy movement, she's part of a male supremacy exactly. movement. And she hasn't really internalized her subservience yet. And no. I think that's what the objections that are being raised, you know, and I'm not saying they're valid objections. I'm saying in the logic of messed upness. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. If you are a white supremacist and you also, many of them are a form of, of evangelical Christian in the United States and other European countries. And that is also reinforced, uh, the religious beliefs reinforce the notion of patriarchy and male rule and women being obedient and serving. And so, yeah, her very existence is an aberration to what the entire sort of goal of uh, what a family and what people's roles in life should be. So it, it is weird that she sort of wants to, I mean, and you have this with anti-feminists, I think, throughout time, whether it's Phyllis Schlafly or some of the other more prominent women who rise to power, um, in order, and they rise to power by attacking other women mm-hmm. and trying to be sort of one of the boys. And that's that works for them for a little while till the boys turn around and go, okay, you need to go away now because you're not a boy. Yeah, and I see that in the ex-Muslim movement too. You know, it's weird because there's a lot of people that rise to power by justifying sort of far-right narratives about Muslims. There's criticizing Islam and then there's justifying, you know, anti-immigration and, you know, Charles Murray racial IQ stuff. Oh, God, of course. But... There comes a point where you don't toe the line even slightly and you will criticize someone for something, say, you know, promoting Infowars, and then no longer are you their useful person and then you get kicked to the curb. Absolutely. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, we've all seen those interactions, right, where they don't play the useful ex-Muslim role and then all of a sudden they're in the out group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a real issue uh, that I know you wanted to, t- to talk about within this hang about um, tokenism mm-hmm. and using people who are convenient and the the sort of the relationship that exists between the person who's been made the token and the people who need the token. Um, and even that's very exploitative and not fair. But it does really, um, especially when it comes to uh, the issue of Muslims and Islam, right? Because I'm I'm fine going after Christianity, and I go after fundamentalist Christians who vote on their beliefs. But I don't destroy mm. human beings because they're Christians, because they can change yeah. their minds. Yeah. And I've now lived with plenty of people from Iraq and Iran and Turkey now, and people who are still practicing Muslims that are my colleagues and friends, and ones that came basically like as soon as they could leave Iran. They were like, I'm not really a Muslim, I'm an atheist. Mm-hmm. And and this is what frustrates me about generalizations about Muslims in general. Yeah. If you want to have a debate about Islam, that's fine. But there's no reason to object to um, people from the Middle East moving to Germany or moving to Europe if their values, you know, aren't in massive conflict. So you're not, so what they try to do is hide it as a debate of ideas. Mm-hmm. But what it really is a front for, obviously, is is racial discrimination. Right, exactly. That's the new okay. racism, right? People talk about culture. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about openly KKK ideas anymore. Of course not. And that's sort of, again, an intentional shifting of the Overton window to the right. So that when people really want to have a discussion about things like race or their idea of um, naturally or intrinsically justifiable hierarchies, such as what the alt-right believes, they now switch it to culture so that they can no longer have that as an out when people are criticizing them. It really annoys me when people, when people who are on the alt-right want to talk about the preservation of white culture. And my reaction is, oh, really? How many Beethoven symphonies have you listened to in the last exactly. year? How many how many art galleries have you gone to to appreciate the works <laughs> of Ruth or Michelangelo? Right. Um, when was the last time you read some Shakespeare or some Wordsworth or uh, Henry exactly. David Thoreau? Exactly. Yeah, what there are, culture are you preserving? <laughs> yeah, there's sort of altered perception of what quote, white culture is, is this very sort of grotesque pastiche of their conception of random things that they can put together in their mind. It's very gauche. It's almost like a Las Vegas of... <laughs> That's a great description. It's almost like a Las Vegas of cheap and tacky neoclassical architecture or with some Baroque elements and a 
a woman in a wearing a powdered wig playing a harp or something <laughs> like that. It's just it they don't actually really enjoy all of these sort of multitudinous aspects of these individual cu- cultures that sort of have used to make us mm-hmm. sort of enrich our current life. They just like to use it to justify our racial hierarchy, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's sort of where a lot of the alt-right goes, is trying to justify these intrinsic or natural hierarchies that they think exist in nature. Hence, men over women, white over yep. basically everything Everyone else. else. <laughs> and that's why they're so interested now in a lot of pseudoscience, especially things that have been adapted from people like going back as far as Antoine de Gobineau to sort of Nazi era eugenics and now sort of pseudoscience developed from people like J. Felipe Rushton that they're now trying the best they can to make it seem modern and give it this sort of very gossamer thin veneer of scientific and intellectual rigor that it doesn't have. People buy into it. Like people in the atheist scene, people in the ex-Muslim scene, they buy into it. Like it's so disturbing to see that when you're sort of accustomed to, you know, studying these movements or these types of extremists and you pick up on the dog whistles, then you come across this whole like crowd of people that are saying, well, no, Milo isn't racist. And then you show them thing after thing after thing. And they're like, but he's Jewish or he's married to a black guy or he talks about how much he likes black dick. And you're just... You're like, how simple Thomas can Jefferson be? wrote about liberty. He still owned slaves. Yeah. Right. Doesn't matter. Like, to how you treat one person doesn't talk about, doesn't tell you how you treat a group. Right, right. Exactly. exactly. So, and that goes to even, I don't want to, I don't want people to scream Godwin's law at me, but even Adolf Hitler had a Jewish doctor and he called him the honorable Jew. This, mm. And even he himself said that it's not the Jewish individual to blame. It's the quote international Jewry, which is exactly the same sort of argument that people like the golden one make. Right. He seems fun. like he is just not real. <laughs> no, really. He's, I don't even know if he's a real human being, but yeah. It, For people listening sort of that aren't familiar with the golden one, he's a Swedish bodybuilding YouTuber <laughs> Nazi who is just, he's such a caricature. It's hard to believe he's real. It really is. I know. He's, he's, he would be adorably ridiculous if he wasn't a fascist, basically. I know. And I have to keep reminding myself that he's a Nazi because I find myself like cracking up at his, you know, YouTube videos. He's bizarrely charming, but it's very unfortunate. And this is sad too, because I consider myself somebody who is an enthusiast of all cultures and I love learning about them and I love educating myself about them. And I love learning about medieval Celtic culture and I love learning about the Renaissance. And I really loved learning about the history of sort of the English monarchy during the Tudor periods. Mm-hmm. And it's really the, these people sort of, I can't believe I'm using this word appropriate <laughs> diverse historical moments and traditions and forms of artwork and architecture again to justify why they think they're better than other people it's yeah yeah they, they don't understand it they taint a lot of things that way like even just causes around ex-muslims and saudi women and you know and the guardianship system in saudi arabia all these hashtags are filled filled with far-right, alt-right, anti-Muslim people using Saudi women or ex-Muslims as Mm -hmm. sort of the reason to justify, I don't know, deporting all Muslims. And you've heard of the term white Sharia, right? Yeah. So No. What's white Sharia? Let's let's start from the beginning. So a lot of these sort of far-right people use it ironically because, of course, they dislike Middle Eastern cultures from from a racial standpoint. But, of course, they want to reinstate full patriarchy, of course. And basically, a a lot of them want to reinstate sort of legal dominance of men over women, and they want to remove the right to vote and all of these things. And, of course, some of them 
will unironically say, oh, we need white Sharia to keep our women under control. And one of the people who first kind of justified this was actually that guy, Christopher Cantwell, a.k.a. the, the crying Nazi dude. Mm, from, yeah. you know, right, he talked about this. And I know a lot of these people do this as a sort of time. So can you just explain who the crying Nazi is just for the audience? Okay, so Christopher Cantwell was somebody who attended the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, and he was arrested, and, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not sure if the trial is still ongoing or if it's begun, but he was basically arrested for bringing or attempting to bring chemical weapons to the rally. And he has this video online where he's crying about <laughs> it and how he didn't want it to go this far, and it's, it's honestly pretty pathetic. So yeah, and it was just he, a few days after he was talking big about how violent he was, and he would be more violent if he could. And then he was right. crying because he heard he was about to be arrested. Yeah, right. his podcast is something else. But in one of his he's podcasts, the one that was taken off of OK Cupid too, right? Right, that was him as well. Right, and there was a bunch of atheists um, upset and defending him from being removed from OK Cupid. Like he shouldn't have his. Uh, you know, dating life destroyed just because he has some bad views or whatever. It's like they want no consequences, no consequences for speech of any kind. Yeah, I understand you support free speech, but speech also has, you know, consequences. If you're going to talk about violence, then no company is going to want to have you and expose you to their other clients. Oh, they consider you a danger to the other people, an imminent physical threat. So why would they want something like that on their platform? It's like finding out that somebody has a record of criminal behavior and people considering that to be a danger in some way. And in this case, that was actually true because now he's on trial. Um, so yeah, Christopher Cantwell has one of his podcasts. He talks about instating white Sharia to preserve the white race. So it's, again, this sort of Manichaean idea of this clash of civilizations, <clears throat> preserve the white race, and not to make too many analogies to how the most extreme forms of Sharia law are implemented in these sort of fundamentalist societies, but it sounds, it's a kind of similar sort of fire and brimstone rhetoric about civilization and the clashes of civilization. Of course, they always go on about that. Mm -hmm. I mean, as someone who's, you know, grown up under Sharia, in Saudi Arabia, even though I lived in a compound and had a brief relief from the morality police, which has gotten me so much hate from the people who want to discredit me and my oh. lived experience yeah. as an ex-Muslim because I'm not then truly oppressed under Sharia because we lived in a compound for foreigners where I didn't have to be exposed to morality police 24-7, but still, I left the compound every day and did have to be exposed to the morality police and Sharia law. But anyways, um, as someone who's grown up in that kind of society, who's seen that, I can't tell you how alarming it is to see some similarities in some of these figures like Jordan Peterson sounding like a Salafist mullah. You know, some of the oh, things yeah. some of the things he says are straight. You know, they would they would fit right in in Saudi Arabia. He once had a tweet about how um, casual sex could necessitate state tyranny or something oh, I like that. that. That was that was wild. And how he doesn't, you know, he confuses the concept of consent constantly. He has some video with Molyneux uh, where he's talking about. How the leftists, you know, they wanted this, you know, crazy lifestyle where everyone does whatever they want sexually, but then they, you know, get upset about, you know, inappropriate sexual behavior, like non-consensual touching. Like, how can you not understand that, yes, people should be free to express their sexuality, and also people should consent to that? Again, it's this very reductive thinking, these generalities that a lot of people in the far right use with Lauren Southern and generalities about women in society or generalities about sexual behavior and consent that they seem to not be able to make exceptions for in their mind and realize that they're very different things. I right. Mean, but when it comes to them, then they want nuance, endless nuance. 
Right. As you guys have been talking, I've been reflecting on the what the mindset must be like to just wake up in the morning and think, hey, I'm a man, so I can tell women what to do. And I'm white, so I can tell everybody else what to do. And they all have to listen to me because I'm a man and I'm white. And th- that sounds kind of ridiculous, but I was also reflecting on the fact that in Iron Man 2, which is a movie that came out in the 21st century, I think it's Iron Man 2 where they're at Tony's house and there's an attack coming. And Pepper wants to leave. This is before they know the attack is coming. And, and Tony's saying, no, we're going to stay. And she's like, no, we're leaving. He's like, no, the man says no. As, as if that was supposed to end the argument. As if the man is a justification for the conclusion, says, you know, no, and therefore no being the decision. That mentality is, is actually quite pervasive. And I think more subconscious and cultural, less so now, but... It is definitely out there, this notion that, you know, because you're a man, especially if you've been raised in a very religious um, situation, you're told it's the, the divine order, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and to control your women and your, your children is a reflection on your masculinity. So if they're rebelling against you, that means you're weak. So you have to oppress them in order to maintain your power. Mm-hmm. And that, that being the sense of entitlement in terms of how the world should work. And then how must how frustrated these guys must be to just have not have you know people paying attention to them and mm-hmm. dismissing them and not giving them the validation that their masculinity and the notions of mas- masculinity require. So it's a, the problem is fundamentally this really pathological notion of power distribution based on things like biology, which are random, and not on morality which is something that as conscious beings, we're quite capable of doing. Mm -hmm. Right. It's funny that you mention sort of this natural or biological order, because another one of these people who was going quite hard against women in the alt-right was this young man who was um, expelled from Boston University for also attending Unite the Right rally, and his name is Nick Fuentes. Oh, yeah, I know that guy. Oh, dear, do I know him? He runs the America First, I think, podcast, and he went on a large group podcast with Lauren Southern and Roaming Millennial and that no-bullshit guy, and I think Theron Meyer was there, and ContraPoint was also there briefly, and also Destiny. And he kept talking about the natural order. It doesn't satisfy the natural order. And he kept bringing about this concept, this sort of vaguely defined nebulous concept of natural order to justify why, how he feels about the world, why it's correct. And it's, it was so ridiculous and facile, but of course, a lot of people will buy into it because it's easy to think about. And it's, it's an easy answer to complicated, difficult problems that they feel like they need to deal with in their life. Right. And I think I saw Theron Meyer um, call him out on some transphobic bullshit, even though she's a right wing personality, I believe. I don't know her that well, but she did call him out on thinking that, you know, trans people in the kind of world that he wants would need to go visit a doctor and try to cure cure themselves. But it is strange, isn't it, that there's sort of like um, intersectional fascism now? Yeah. Where yeah. You, have, <laughs> you have women saying, no, 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 we have a right to speak up in favor of fascism, too. And trans people are like, no, you know, we have a right to be trans um, in this alt-right sort of space uh, and to be respected for, you know, not being cis. And it is just kind of like, do you realize how much you're actually absorbing of the norms that you're fighting against? You're, you're arguing for your own dignity in movements that inherently reject your dignity. Yes, yes. And actually, in the intersectional fascism thing, I'd like to include, you know, Muslim MRAs as well. They will tweet uh, out things from people like Vox Day, who's a white supremacist. Oh, dear Vox Day. Anders Breivik supporter. And they'll just totally, like, just, you know, ignore the white supremacist side, but the woman-hating, they love to, you know, share those views. If Vox Day writes a piece on how, you know, there's no such thing as marital rape, and once you get married, that's consent forever. An Islamist, far-right Islamist, who's calling himself an MRA and using terms like red-pilled now, 
is also going to love to pick up on that. And I spoke to two Saudi women recently on my show, and they were complaining about how many people, or one of them was talking to me about how many people she sees sharing Stephen Crowder and Gavin McGinnis videos in the Saudi circles, you know, because there are some overlapping talking points. Absolutely. I mean, it's funny that you mentioned that because... I think Chapo Trap House was talking about Stephen Crowder and a lot of his very sort of extreme traditionalist views and how he hates alcohol and he disdains sex before marriage and how morally rigid it is. And he is. And um, one of them was like, he should just convert to Wahhabism and he'd fit right in. Yeah. That's what I see all the time. And I see the overlap and, you know, it frustrates me that people who I considered, you know, atheist allies in the past years are not seeing this and championing one kind of conservatism while bashing another, but it all amounts to the same sort of ideas. Mm -hmm. If you, it would be the case that if you had a fundamentalist Christian, a fundamentalist Muslim, a fundamentalist uh, Jew, uh, all men, and a white supremacist who are all going to be on a panel show together. In the green room beforehand, they could all agree on how women are out of hand these days. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure, how feminism is cancer. Yeah, they could all bond over that, you know, <laughs> and really get chummy um, about that topic. And it's kind of scary when you think, you know, if they actually set aside their differences and just focused on uh, attacking the rights of women we'd be in real trouble. Yeah, yeah, oh, and that's what's scary, this cross-radicalization, because now the Saudi Islamist types who are calling themselves MRA, who are calling themselves MRAs and red-pilled, they are finding, like, I guess, more updated and more effective ways to radicalize younger people, right? Mm-hmm. When they're borrowing from the Western alt-right. Oh, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure in a lot of ways they love the alt-right, or at the very least, they admire <clears throat> admire their strategies, admire how they want to bring back the glorious days of their civilization. Yeah. It's a little ISIS-esque. At yeah, least and also their use of you know, degenerate. They, they love that. Like oh, Homosexuality is degenerate. Women having sex before marriage is degenerate. And even in Lauren's, you know, Why I'm Not Married video. This you is know, the word degenerate. Yeah, let me, let me quote her. I am not trying to sell an idea that me as a 22-year-old needs to be married right now for the sake of traditionalism and not being a degenerate. In fact, I think it would be degenerate for me to get married right now without someone that I'm truly in love with and think could be a good father to my children. In fact, that would be significantly worse for the Western world. Talk about delusions of grandeur. Significantly worse for my children to raise them as a single mother, you know, shedding on single mothers for no reason. As you know, they are more likely to commit suicide, more likely to be alcoholics, more likely to drop out of school, and it's just devastating growing up with a broken family. So I'm not going to get married at 22 years old, just so that I won't be called a degenerate on the internet. What is completely shocking to me is a complete and utter lack of understanding and nuance. Yes, Lauren, people can say the same about you. Oh, it's, it's almost sad. Like, I want to feel sad for her, but then I realize she enables and actively promotes some really disgusting behavior, like how she was on that little boat before this whole, before the whole, um, what was it, the Generation Identity, was it Generation Identity that did Defend Europe? It was right before they made Yeah, the, it was like Identity Europa or something, I'm not sure. Oh no, that's, a, that's another far-right group. Oh, that's um, another one? Oh, sorry, I get my Nazis mixed up all the time, all the time. Uh, no, it's the People's Front for Judea, not the Judean People's Front, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was before um, Defend Europe had their main boat, but she was on this little sort of tugboat out in the Mediterranean and directing the tugboat towards the boat that apparently had migrants in it or yeah yeah she was shooting for migrant boats she was shooting flares at the at a rescue boat for migrants right so it's like where's the nuance where's the nuance for the migrants right so it's hard to feel that much sympathy when you enable and actively do a lot of this really terrible behavior so it's it's a weird place for me. Like as terrible a, behavior is even an understatement. It's like behavior oh, yeah, that absolutely. can cause 
you know, death. Right. I, it's disgusting. I, Get you kicked off Patreon. Yeah, yeah. Something she takes a lot. Yeah, it's it does take a lot. For these people, unless they decide to actively condemn white supremacy. So no. I, until that day ever happens, which it might not ever, of course, it's hard to feel that bad for her. Well, Lauren seems to be shifting more and more and more towards it, right? Like, more openly. Like, she was wearing a T-shirt that had some some sort of something about Europe written on it, which was like... Oh, Europe belongs to us. Yeah, Europe belongs... There were lightning bolts. Exactly. Europe belongs to us, and she's Canadian, so what the hell? (laughs) I know. What the hell is she saying? Not to say in, in her defense, but this does perhaps illustrate one of our psychological biases that when we become aware of it, or at least when I became aware of it, I could, I could check myself if I was about to do this. Mm-hmm. So what she's saying in this case is that when other people, what Lauren is saying is when other people behave degenerately, um, it's bad for the white race and the white culture, and these sh- things should be condemned. But when it comes to her in her particular case, well, then there are situational um, factors that mm-hmm. need to be taken into account. In psychology, this is actually a a very well-known phenomenon, which is the tendency to blame others for their failures Mm -hmm. and to blame situations for our own failures. So when when other white women choose not to have kids, like I'm 45 now, I'm not going to have kids, I'm bad right? Um, she can judge me because I've failed in my sort of evolutionary duties <laughs> and in my obligations to the preservation of, of artwork and culture that they don't appreciate. Um, but when it's her, you know, um, because I'm a bad person, I'm an evil liberal feminist, you know, and, and an S and all this kind of stuff. Um, but when it comes to her, then it's all about her um, situation and her factors and her her plans and what she wants. And it's excusing the same things right, that she's going to do. Right, She's all, I mean, I'm still trying to figure this out myself. I'm only 22 years old. I mean, that may seem old to some hardcore traditionalists that oh, I should have right. seven I, kids I, by I now. But the reality is we're living in a very different age right now. And a lot of us who are on the more conservative end of things are longing for an age we've never lived in. We're trying to recreate something that we never grew up being taught or understood. We've been inundated with so much Marxist propaganda, anti-relationship, anti-man, anti-marriage propaganda. Oh, yeah. That it's hard for us to recreate this thing. It's hard for us to do relationships properly. Okay, so she's totally... You know, excusing herself, she ends with, the reality is people are going to fail. I'm going to mess up, maybe. I will end up a crazy cat lady when I'm 30, but I'm going to fight for that not to happen. Mm-hmm. And she even mentions some women, yes, they're going to be happier not having any kids. They're going to be happier not being married, and that's okay. That doesn't make them a horrible human being. That doesn't mean they have to be shamed for the rest of their life, except Lauren. You've got a ton of videos shaming people for that. Exactly. I mean, the video... Fascist right feminism. The video, the video, literally right before the video where she says why I'm not married, is her basically shaming women for being single or for having sort of autonomy. And it's her just making this sort of grotesque parody of a single woman in her 20s talking Mm -hmm. about how she's not ready to get married it was so it's just stunning like it's a better self-owned than anybody else could have done for her the one that she did to herself yeah I mean I just browsed through her videos just looking at the titles they're like you know millennials are being set up for loneliness return of the traditional women or according to science don't have kids city women versus marriage and kids like, oh my gosh, she's just, this is her, this has been her agenda. And now when she, when it's been turned around on her, all of a sudden, it's all about, yeah, but I'm only 22. Yeah, of course some women are happier not being married. <laughs> like, okay. <Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> Who apparently love Western European civilization so much. It's funny because their idea of this conditional role of women in society that any sort of autonomy that they have is conditional really never even existed to begin with obviously we had a a general in generality there was patriarchy but i mean look at queen elizabeth or mary queen of scots or 
even Bloody Mary, these women who assumed power just, you know, in spite of all odds. In the case of Elizabeth, she was, at the time, one of the most competent rulers of Western Europe. And they seem to completely ignore that. Obviously, let me perceive this, you know, from a modern sensibility. Obviously, we monarchy is a bad thing and this is not something that we're praising although to be fair the alt-right does in many cases praise monarchy and they've been so upset about prince harry's engagement it's been great but this idea that they have of western civilization is this fever dream that never existed in the real world it's their idealization and aestheticization of civilization and politics that they they want for themselves that never existed and never will. One thing I was also thinking about as you guys were talking was the fact that, you know, we we have in common with the women on the alt-right the fact that we experience that sort of sexist harassment um, and, and sexism in, in, in um, not necessarily in the same ways, but we, we both experience it. I think a big difference, and in some ways I have sympathy for for this position that they're in, on, on the left, and leftist men, um, not the kind of skeezy guys who claim to be male feminists, but like guys who are genuinely committed to human rights and include <laughs> women in that circle, mm-hmm. um, those guys are, are on our side and they support us and they try to understand and they, when we're not there, they try to be allies on our behalf, you know, um, but the men in the alt-right even the way they have those discussions, you know, like for instance, the the golden one doing a video saying, yes, I think we should have women doing it. That's not him giving an opinion as an equal member of a community. That's him speaking from a position of power as a man. Mm-hmm. Right. Granting, you know, in his permission for women to do this. That's, that's not equality. And then on the other side, um, guys who might not dislike you, the way that they treat women I was listening to way too many streams lately because of some YouTube drama. There was a woman whose whose name I can't remember now. It's I think it's two words, but she was on a stream talking about something similar about this issue about her not being married yet. And in the stream, she said, "I'm ready to go. I just haven't found the right guy, but you know, I'm ready now. I'm ready to go." And they were joking about her being ready to go right now in the stream at the time. Now this was a couple weeks ago. People were talking about a a convention that's happening, well, it's scheduled to happen in Arizona, a a free speech event. Oh, sounds lovely already. Oh, yeah. There's already divisions because a lot of people think that the alt-right aren't being allowed to speak at that conference, and they should be allowed to speak if it's a free speech conference. I don't want to get distracted. However, um, they were talking about this conference. This woman is attending that conference, and one of the guys who likes this... um, woman you know they have like names like braving ruin and millennial woes and i just can't kind of keep track of all these it's very confusing um but this particular woman he was joking that he was going to follow her around with a marriage sack like in borat and he was just going to kidnap her and take her off because you know what she's ready to go and like with friends like that and then your other option is what the golden one speaking from on high from his male privilege to grant you permission to speak. <laughs> this I is mean, you got to give golden one some credit though. He was all like, <laughs> look, you know, alt-right women they break up the um, leftist narrative. The more alt-right women the better, you know. The leftist narrative apparently is that the alt-right are just neck-bearded dudes living in their mom's basement, so it's good to have some women break that up, and, you know, people like looking at women, and he's a feminist ally there. No, I'm joking. He's a Nazi, and he hates women, but it's funny. It's it's funny that he's speaking up for her. So I just want to push, I want to plug a video by somebody known as Sonia, or an actual joke. She made a video about women in the alt-right called Wives with a Purpose, and she talks about exactly this, and she plays a clip by Lana Lochtef of Red Ice Radio talking about exactly the same thing, that having women in the alt-right and women in fascist movements raising their voices to them is a good thing because it undermines the sort of leftist narrative about the alt-right, or as they perceive it, except... You know, the narrative in this case is predominantly true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'll link to that video if you can send me a link to it. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, it was, it's good. Time and time again, we've seen like the alt-right be happy to use people to further their 
you know, to further their talking points, no matter how against those people they are, right? So they've had, uh, what's her name? They've welcomed Tila Tequila, who's a person of color. Oh, yeah. Happily on. So they say that she brings diversity into the movement. I mean, she brings diversity into their anti-diversity movement, and they like that because she helps sell their ideas. Like, oh, look, we're not that bad. We've even got people of color in our Nazi anti-people of color movement. So it's kind of like when ISIS was recruiting jihadi fighters and it was like, oh, they're being so inclusive. You know, they had like a a sign language translator in one of their Islamist propaganda videos. And it was, yeah, sometimes... Somebody actually tried to call that it being inclusive because that's just absolutely ridiculous. No, I think we're I mean, only being sarcastic, but... Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, because uh, believe me, there, there. I just you know doesn't uh, the after this much time on the internet, I, d- I just don't have natural um, incredulity. Uh, I'm more like, no, right. actually, someone could probably be dumb enough to say. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah they totally oh, could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we I'm do not- have intersectional fascism, as you said so beautifully. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. um, and you know, fascist feminism—that was a good term. I think that would make a perfect title for this episode. So thanks for that, Christy. There we go. Intersectional race. They're literal feminazis now. Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I love it. Because for how long, you know, have they talked about, oh, calling people Nazis turns them into Nazis. And then they've called, like, feminist Nazis for ages. Didn't turn any feminist Nazis, but maybe turn some Nazis feminist. Feminist. I (laughs) I love it. It's great. We are living in a bizarre year where we have even an anti-Muslim imam, for fuck's sake. Oh, yeah. yeah. I often feel like we went off into a parallel universe, and somewhere there's a Clinton administration where we're having predictable um, fights about emails, but at least the <laughs> government is stable, and the world situation wow. is way cooler. It is. Yeah, just normal. Just normal, right? Like, this is pure insanity what's happening and going back to the white sharia thing i I remember seeing a screenshot of peter peter sweden tweeting something about you know concerned about how these this woman was thrown out of a nightclub because she was wearing too little clothing and that was triggering for men and i think his point was that you know the migrants might get too i don't know excited by that so Sweden is destroyed. Yeah, so Sweden has been destroyed by the Muslims, part 3 million and 69 or whatever. But then Tara McCarthy jumped in. She said, it seems reasonable to me. Her top is virtually see-through. And then he had to go back on his thing and say, yeah, I would agree. But uh, (laughs) the question is the motives from the owners here. You know, so they're kind of okay as long as the reason isn't Muslims. They're kind of right. okay with the same shit, like policing women's clothing, kicking them out of bars for not wearing it, you know, uh, something modest. This is some really dangerous stuff. And believe me, I lived in Saudi. I know following that through, it ends up in a really bad, mm-hmm. bad society. It's not, it's not a good way to live. It's, it's funny when they feel like their different forms of bigotry are in conflict with one another, which bigotry they eventually side with. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That meme of like choosing between two things and brushing your, brushing the sweat from your brow. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, the button, the two buttons. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. But I have to say the there is a plus to the existence of Peter Sweden and that is Peter Norway on Twitter. Oh yeah. Oh, He's great. He's great. Shout out to Peter Norway. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's so classic at classic liberal in the the E in liberal is a three. And he's awesome and he always always makes me laugh. Yeah, yeah, he's great. I think it was him tweeting about the Peter Sweden screenshots where Tara McCarthy eventually agreed with um, Oh yeah, probably was him. Yeah. (laughs) And did you guys see these clips by um, Libtard America, this other oh, fashy my God. woman. Here's another. 
oh my gosh, this woman is literally advocating for beating and public humiliations for women, you know, for European women who are welcoming their rapists in and defending them, basically European women who are not anti-immigrant. Right. right. So they should be like beaten in the streets. It's like, Women like me in Germany, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Actually, quite supportive of the, you know, of of Merkel's decisions on human on humanitarian grounds, and can say, no, it's not a hellhole, and no, there weren't mass rapes in Cologne. I live in Cologne. Last time I looked at it, there were three reported rapes and mass sexual assaults and grabbing buttocks or um, grabbing breasts. But when people talk about mass rapes, they're lying. Multiple rapes, yes. Mass rapes. No. Yeah, from what I heard, it seemed like it was a free-for-all and everyone was just being raped in the streets constantly. And that's, yeah, not what happened. And there were were issues we can talk about, about how it was dealt with with the police and the media and when people were alerted. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of questions that we can ask and learn from, but we can't ask any of those questions if all you're doing is saying Muslim men rape white women. It's yeah. the same thing that they use to ho- the KKK uses. Yeah, exactly. It's a right. very old in the United States. It yeah. is a very old trope. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny how this libtard woman. This it makes I hate to say her name because it makes me sound like I'm using yeah. the term. I think um, this, now she goes as blonde in the belly of the okay, beast. Okay, okay, that's better. Blonde in the belly of the beast. I know. Um, still rolls right off the tongue. Yeah. So she's had shortened to blonde. Pardon, yeah, blonde. You could shorten a lot of them to just blonde or wanting to be blonde. Didn't Lauren Southern tweet a picture of her childhood out to prove that she has natural? She had once naturally blonde hair because some people yeah, were t- teasing her that her hair was dark now and she dyed it blonde. It's so pathetic, the purity testing that they have to go through. Mm-hmm. But this uh, blonde lady, she compares... The situation of, you know, women that aren't anti-immigrant to women in France that banged Nazis. So she says, and it's like, she's, she's saying that they deserve much worse. You know, they were beaten, their heads were shaved, and they were tri- paraded through the streets. Sometimes they were tarred, stripped half naked, and had swastikas drawn on them, and rightfully so, because they deserved worse. So it seems that only public humiliation because of sensitivity to social alienation can get women in line. A public beating is in order for all these treasonous European women sanctioning the migrant influx. Perhaps that would curtail their disgusting behavior and stop them from welcoming their own destruction. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's word for word from that video clip of her. Yeah, yeah, I just read the quote. So, I mean, it... it Amuses me that she's comparing the women who are pro-migrant to the women that were sleeping with the Nazis. And it's funny that she isn't seeing how people can sort of view her as the woman that's getting too close with Nazis. It's absurd. I'm, I'm physically ill right now. Like, I'm not being physically ill, but I'm, I'm, I'm like, I have a physical revulsion to what I've just listened to. It's disgusting. And the violence of it, if you replaced women in that comment, in those comments, and you made it about blacks or Jews, mm-hmm. that would rightfully be called hate speech. Yeah. And you're calling for the violence against people. Um, and not just sort of generalized, but you know, very specific types of violence. Um, that it astounds me. It, it absolutely astounds me on a, on a moral level that you that's I, I mean i don't even know that that hitler was that obvious about how he wanted to run a society yeah i don't I remember him saying anything about dragging not, the in the streets or anything. not in the beginning yeah i mean that is like i, I it's so misogynistic and it's hateful. unbelievable and then this is the movement where people are shocked that people hate women what it doesn't like it doesn't make sense to me how do you sign up for this be like this, and then, you know, act all upset that people aren't treating you, women, with respect. Even in Andrew Anglin's, you know, style guide, he outlines the names that you can call women. He's like, you know, women can be called slut, whore, bitch, harlot, trollop, slag, skag. Whenever writing about women, make sure to follow the prime directive and blame Jew feminism for their behavior. 
But it's like, I mean, he's put out he's put out a guide for what sort of slurs you should hurl at women. This is the movement. And can I also point out that's what she says should happen to white women. Yeah, yeah, the treasonous oh, what, women. Yeah, what what was she willing to tolerate to w- women who aren't white? Rape? Yeah, it's scary uh, to think. sterilization? Probably. I mean, you're already crossed the line into violence, mass violence, mob violence. This woman, people argue, well. is not racist. Oh, my God. It's hard. How? Like, how far has the Overton window shifted? It's unbelievable. How absurdly craven are people when it comes to these just disgusting characters? Are you that afraid to call somebody misogynistic or bigoted is it is that really the worst thing in the world i i just i don't understand it i think i actually in the past few weeks i'm just sort of blown away by how craven people are on the internet for rightfully calling this stuff out for what it is it's political correctness it's political correctness gone (laughs) mad (laughs) they want people to be political yeah exactly they want like a sort of a white supremacist political correctness. You can't call them racist because it'll hurt their feelings and you have to be really careful talking about them so as to not hurt their feelings. And the worst thing in the world is to be called a racist and definitely not comparable to deal with racism. But being called a racist, that's just the worst. And that's, I'm going to go back to the quote because I'm sorry, I'm still emotionally processing it. At where she's coming from in terms of her base regard, even for white women that she should have the most respect for um, is one of still contempt and no sense of a, the of, of those women's human dignity. In fact, that's exactly what she wants to deny them um, in public. And you can only really like, get to that point if you don't have a regard for their human dignity before that, right? The, the reason why I, under, I, I oppose the death penalty um, is one because I, I, we're, we should be better, you know, we're yeah. human beings. It's not about getting justice, it's about us and what it says about us, those punishments. Um, and here, you know, there is just no sort of base common, and I, I know it is just, I, this is obvious when you say it out loud, but there's just no common ground for connection with hu- other human beings on the basis of being members of the same species. Mm-hmm. You know, and that kind of just blows my mind that it's not just about we respect white people and we don't respect others. Even with women, there isn't a base level of dignity that you're saying, look, people, we need to be protected. And if you don't have that point of empathy, I can see because, you know, the thing about empathy is that you start with people you care about. And then as you grow up as an adult, you're meant to extend that out and be Mm -hmm. able to have empathy with people who aren't like you and in different circumstances and that's how you grow emotionally in terms of you know my perspective as a human being but they're not to that they don't even have that kind of fundamental extension of your universal human rights and the absence of that is terrifying yeah 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 exactly i mean that's kind of what so many people talked about that was terrifying about groups like isis right but the same Mm -hmm. people fall silent when it comes to talking about the alt-right or we'll just characterize people like Lauren Southern as a conservative journalist or things like that. You can't, you can't downplay this stuff because it is so harmful. And this time it's coming from inside, inside the West. It's rotting the inside. Mm-hmm. And this um, blonde in the belly of the beast woman, this isn't the only uh, clear from her constantly she's always oh, like all the time yeah she's always like you know we the only way we can turn this around is getting women out of positions of political power we need to establish a fierce and strong patriarchy that is governed by men that love this country women's suffrage is to blame for politicians who value diversity over tribalism and she thinks barack obama is a pussy and you know, the West has been feminized and shit like that. So it's like, what kind of a woman are you? I just, I don't understand how you can have so much self-hate. Yeah. It's either collaborating in order to get privilege. Yeah. Or, you know, self-hate. Self-interest or self-hate. I think it's a combination because in the fascist worldview, women's dignity and their autonomy or whatever semblance of autonomy they have is always conditional 
to their subservience to men and also their fulfillment of their role in the ethnostate or dictatorship or whatever they would like to consider it. And I think she has fully internalized that perspective into herself. So yeah, it's both self-hatred and wanting to feel like she has her dignity in her own personal, that's consistent with her personal worldview. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's definitely a combination. One strategy is to try and secure a position of power for yourself in the ethnostate or whatever, in whichever movement you're a token of. And the other, the, the, the only reason that you're open to this is that there's got to be some level of self-hate, right? Even with Gad Sad, it's not only this movement, right? So even with like atheist figures like Gad Sad, he has had Holocaust deniers and anti-Semites and white genociders on his show so many times. He's promoted mm-hmm. those people. This is the crowd he runs with. This is the audience he's cultivated. And then they did a free speech event, Gad Sad and Jordan Peterson, which I wrote a piece about. They had to deplatform the open, now open ethno nationalist Faith Goldie because oh, yeah. she appeared on a Daily Stormer podcast during the day during the Charlottesville rally and she was mocking Jews and things like that. So they watched her video uh, or Peterson. Peterson talked about how he watched her video on this podcast and, you know, didn't find her to be doing a good job asking them questions, but also could not, you know, properly denounce her. He said, oh, you know, I think she's not a reprehensible person. She's a good person, blah, blah, blah. Like you just talked about how you watch her on a Nazi podcast and didn't find her appropriate enough so that you have to cancel her appearance at your event and now explain to a full room of these, you know, hardcore free speech warriors why you are deplatforming someone. And then, you know, people like Gadsad, who are part of that event, got hit with such nasty anti-Semitism from Faith Goldie's fans, from his, you know, former fans, I guess. Just Mm. really disgusting stuff that I wouldn't want to repeat. And it made me feel sad for him. But this this is what he signed up for. This is what he cultivated. This is the kind of rhetoric that he doesn't mind when it's against other groups. Exactly. So, you know, you see this time and time again, where the token gets turned on for slightly questioning something. Mm -hmm. So it never really pays off to be a token for such hateful movements. Oh, yeah, they'll throw you over the bus to prove how righteous they are. And then they'll cover up for the white men who are sexually harassing or doing other things that they know about, you know, because they're part of the old boys network. That's Mm -hmm. how they work. Yeah. So any closing thoughts? My closing thought is this feels like a conversation with people I've known for a long time and really enjoy talking to, not the first Mm -hmm. conversation we've had. Awesome. um, Very much the same. I really greatly enjoyed speaking to you both. And I mean, obviously, I think it's kind of like we're all preaching to the choir in this respect because it's so obvious to us as Um, women who have encountered harassment on the internet for speaking our minds, even though it's not in support of fascism, obviously. But, I mean, it's sort of, I mean, the bottom line is just how absurd this is. And as much as I want to feel empathy for these women, it's hard to when they say such disgusting comprehensible mm-hmm. things towards other people and when they finally experience some of that bigotry towards themselves they don't they don't know how to comprehend it or process it or sort of synthesize how it's very much what they're doing against other people in their out groups yeah i guess the hope would be that something will click someday and they'll realize that the way that they've been treated is kind of like how they've been treating other people and it doesn't feel good when you're on the receiving end and maybe generalizations should stop about you know all groups instead of just Mm -hmm. your group or just you so yeah that's the hope that people come around or even just you know some people listening can maybe start to pick up on the signals and the dog whistles better Mm mm-hmm 
Right. And I also really enjoy talking to both of you. Hopefully we can chat again because, yeah, Absolutely. really did feel like. This is um, great. Yeah, fascist feminism. I already have an episode uh, or two <laughs> on fascist fashion with controversy. Oh, I love that one. So, yeah, fascist feminism was the next step, right? <laughs> oh, man. We're there. Nazis. Femi feminist Nazis. Literal <laughs> feminazis. Woohoo! All right. <laughs> All right. Well, lovely chatting with you. Thank you both for joining me on the so show much. today. Awesome. Thank you so much. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Polite Conversations. You can support this podcast by sharing the shit out of it, making some noise about it, or contributing via Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash nice mangoes. No Ian mangoes. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at NiceMangoes. If you want to make a one-time donation instead of a monthly Patreon one, you can do so via PayPal, nicemangoes.blog at gmail.com. Remember, no Ian Mangoes. If you've got an interesting story and would potentially like to be a guest, you can email me there too. A special thanks to Dylan Beck for theme music, sound, and production help. Music